Hey, what's up everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn and today we're on episode 63 of Goals and Updates. And uh, real quick, let me get that up on Instagram so we're golden. All right, so <clears throat> I'm going to go hard on this episode. Let me tune down. My bad. I didn't mean to hit Facebook. I'm trying to tune down a little bit of the sound on the headphones. Step Ashma. Headphones, hang on, testing, testing. All right, so I think we're pretty good. Now, <clears throat> real quick, we're on episode 63, which is a big accomplishment for myself. I probably say that every single time I come on and do a different episode. But um, it's just, it, to me, it's miraculous that, uh, even I, it's pretty crazy how huh? I use miraculous. But um, it's pretty crazy and miraculous to myself that I'm on episode 63 of Goals and Updates. And so far, I've had a couple of guests on here. I've only had two people um, but I've had Fabrizio on the last episode. If you didn't see it, episode 62 of goals and updates, I highly, highly recommend it. It's, uh, I think it's the most viewed episode I have out, which like in two days we have like a hundred. What's up? So flow. I see you, man. Um, but episode 62 that I had was pretty insane because I had Fabrizio on and Fabrizio for anyone that doesn't know, I met Fabrizio in middle school. So that was about, I think like 10 maybe 11 years ago. And it's crazy how I could still, you know, hit him up and nothing has changed. Like the, the friendship, the communication is still there 110%. And it, it's, it, it really is incredible when you keep those connections, you don't lose connections uh, from, you know, long, long-term connections, which is pretty nice. But um, go on there. Cause Fabrizio shocked me, the stuff that we were talking about. I didn't think, um, you know, we talked a lot of politics on there. So if you're not really into politics, we didn't just talk about politics. It was about a three-hour show. It's probably the longest show I've ever had so far. But um, we talked more than just politics. I mean, majority of the stuff he wanted to talk about was more related towards politics. But uh, we talked a lot of different stuff. College. We talked about. Um, we talked about almost like anything you can possibly imagine. I just right now I can't think of all the stuff we talked about because it was a week ago, and I'm on new stuff right now. But <clears throat> so that's that was that was for Breezy's interview. Now I'm gonna try to get. I got to contact this one girl. I want to get um, her on the show, which is Christina. That's one that I really want to get on just because she'll have a different viewpoint than I do. She'll probably agree with some of the stuff I'm talking about, but she'll mostly have a different viewpoint. And that's where, they, where I want to take the show is to get it into a different perspective than most shows. So get a lot of different people from different perspectives, different backgrounds. I really want to diversify the goals and updates podcast. And I want to get it to a point where I'm going to have a lot of different opinions, different viewpoints, different, um, different mindsets. So that way, um, you know, we're going to have like different things going on on this show, but, and that, that'll be pretty interesting. Cause, um, like most people know, I'm, I'm very conservative mindset. Um, I do politically align more with the conservative party rather than a, um, democratic party. So, or, you know, either they call it Republican party and slash conservative, but, um, or democratic slash liberal uh party I, th I think that's like the term they use a lot is like liberal like that's what a lot of people classify themselves as is very liberal but um but yeah i i am i'm definitely more to the right i'm, I'm more conservative i'm more republican so it was kind of interesting talking in to um fabrizio on different conservative points which he didn't he doesn't clear he doesn't declare himself a republican or a conservative but 99 percent of the stuff that he was talking about aligns with the conservative viewpoint or the Republican party. So it's really, it was really interesting that he considers himself more of an independent rather than a conservative. And uh, to me, that was really interesting. Cause uh, you know, it was kind of funny. We were talking about things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You, and then it's always funny too. Cause people, after I talk to them uh, politically, uh, they always go, so what do you think I am? Cause most people really don't know what they are. Like most people will classify themselves as one thing, but a lot of people don't, really classify them as anything. And there's a lot of people that are, they classify themselves as independent. And um, most of the time I talk to someone, they'll ask me that if they don't really know what party they align with. <clears throat> and it's kind of funny because most of the time I talk to someone, um, their viewpoints normally align a little bit more with the conservative viewpoint. They just don't know it, which is pretty crazy too. Most people don't know, notice it because when they talk about certain things and they go, well, I'm Democrat. And most of the stuff they're talking about aligns with conservative viewpoint you know, I kind of bring that to their attention. Like, you know, maybe, maybe relook into like the political views that you're going with, because 
what what you're talking about is a little bit more conservative than it would be liberal or democratic. So, and that's one thing too that I realized. That's why I really want to do that political podcast is because a lot of people will say they align with one thing, but they really don't know the policies. They don't know um, what both sides represent. They kind of just told one side is this and one side is that. And most people don't really know where both parties align. So when I do that political channel, which um, I want to get, you know, that's when I'm going to get really diverse uh, perspectives because not everyone's going to think the same politically. So that's why um, a political channel would be pretty, uh, pretty cool to have. And, you know, it might be a little intimidating, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give it a, a shot, willing to give it a uh, chance. And I'm always down to listen to someone else's viewpoint. So it's nice to, you know, you know, that's where politics is pretty, pretty interesting if, if you can handle it. But um but yeah, I just thought it was really interesting to have the conversation with him. And every single time we started talking, he wanted to drift more towards politics. So I was like, okay. Um, which I understand that's kind of like my show is I try to I try to get away from politics as much as possible. But um, like I've said a couple in the couple of other episodes, it once you have a certain mindset you kind of tend to lean towards one direction more than you do the other because you're basically setting your mind free. And I, and I do strongly believe one side is controlling the mindset. And that's why a lot of us can't get ahead because politically they're, they're keeping you, they're keeping you stuck in a certain mindset and the mindset is slowly, but surely basically dwindling your chances of succeeding in life because you're expecting things to happen when you're not really putting in you know, a lot of work. And, you know, that's, that's where these mindsets come into place. So that's why I think he really wanted to talk a lot about um, like political stuff, but cause it just kind of matches, but I try my best to stick, you know, stay away from it when I'm up here by myself, just because um, it's not really that type of show. I'm not really trying to get it really political. I'm trying to get it. Um, I'm trying to keep it all mindset. So I'm trying to keep it positive because sometimes political stuff gets a little negative or it gets a little like the line gets a little blurry so I try not to do that, but um, today we're going to be talking about um, age is just a number and stop trying to fit in. So there's going to be the two topics I'm going to talk about in a couple of minutes. I'm going to first update you guys on what's been going on in my life because a lot of things have been going on and a lot of changes happened and some of it good and some of it's been a little rough. So, um, and I do this by the way, to show you that I'm human, that I'm going through the same process as you guys are going to be going through on an everyday basis. and um, I just like to update you guys on things that I'm trying to do. And then maybe that way, if uh, you like what I'm doing, the content I'm producing, then maybe, uh, you'll swing by and look at some other stuff that I'm trying to get ahead with and produce as well. So, um, real quick. So I'm going to update you on what's going on in the job that I just got recently, which uh, I've been working now a little bit over, I think, I think it's now been about a little bit over a month. All right. And I started with uh, cross country home services which is a warranty company for home, any home appliances, toilets, uh, um, going a little blank here, but uh, refrigerators, AC units, anything that's home appliance related uh, is basically my warrant. The company that I work for will probably have a warranty that'll, um, that'll get, you know, get that covered. So, and I do customer service by the way. So I answer a lot of it, a lot of customer emails, uh, complaints, um, any, you know, anything really that you can think of that would be a customer email, I kind of do. So owner co, which is us for reimbursing customers after they paid for the service and they want to be reimbursed. Um, I have to review all the documents and I got to submit it to um, a department, which is owner co. And then they'll, they'll prove it or deny it and pay that customer back if they get approved. So that's basically what I do like 90% of the time that I'm over there right now. I've done other things too for them, but that's basically the main thing I've been doing is email response. Now, I've um, I've dressed up like this every single day. By the way, for the whole entire every single day I've gone to work for a month straight, I've dressed up in a uh, a dress shirt, dress pants, dress shoes, dress socks, and dress uh, and a dress tie. So a tie. All right. Now, what I've noticed when I've gone there, and and I'm gonna tell you in a minute why I'm bringing this up. When I notice people dress there, a lot of people don't dress well. Jeans, um, t-shirts, uh. I haven't really seen shorts, uh, but I've seen like sneakers. No one dresses well there, but I have seen a couple of people that are like phone reps. Uh, once in a while, I'll see them dress up in a tie, a dress shirt and a tie. 
but they don't stick to it. They'll probably do it one day out of the week, maybe three days out of the week when they work, max. I'm the only one that's been doing it consistently over and over and over again. And, um, you know, and it's been second nature to me because that's what I've been doing my whole entire life working at some of these companies is I've always done the, because I know how to stand out. I know that I'm going to be the only one there that's going to be consistent and disciplined enough to wear the shirt and the tie every single day. And someone higher up is going to notice that and they're going to respect that and they're going to want to meet me. Um, or maybe they don't meet, want to meet me, but they'll, they'll understand just by the way I dress that I'm coming there prepared. I'm coming there all you know ready to go. And that's something that you guys should have taken away from school, which I feel a lot of people don't, is um, that's what they prepared us for. You know, be prepared. If you're not prepared on a test day, what happens? You fail the test. Uh, if you're not prepared with your homework, what happens? You, fit, you, you don't get a good grade on your homework. You fail the homework. So you got to realize that that was something in life. Yeah, my uh, one side went out. There we go. I got it back, I think. But uh, you got to realize that... Um, you know, if you don't do something, you fail. There's no, there's no in between. If you don't do something, you fail. And if you do it right, you succeed. There's no in between. Um, so I'm the only one, like I said, is dressing in the, the the shirt, the dress shirt, and the tie, the dress pants, the dress shoes, all that stuff, right? Um, the reason I bring that up is because today, I um I ran into one of the guys that I went into a meeting with, and he said he's like, dude, man, he's like, you're you're on point every single day with the tie. He's like, your tie game's strong. And he's like, you're doing it every single day. So what does that tell me? That tells me that the people that are working there are noticing me dressing up every single day in the tie. All right. So if everyone that works there that are, you know, I don't want to say nobodies, but, you know, so, like someone that's not that important into the company, that's not high up that owns that company or um, is like a CEO or anything like that or a manager there, if the bottom people are recognizing it, the upper people are recognizing it. Now, the other thing I realized too, working there is um, my mom works at a different, my mom's been working there way longer than me. Uh, I think maybe like two years now, maybe over almost three, maybe. And um, she meets with the guy that's actually the, the supervisor of uh, my boss. All right. And her boss is boss. All right. So he's pretty, he, he would be considered pretty high up. All right. And my mom's talked to him and, and, asked if, if he knew me. All right. I've talked to him one time. I did see him today and I said hello to him and, and I, you know, I did the best I could cause he was in another conversation with someone else. But, um, he, he said, yeah, I, I know who that is because he always comes in the, the shirt and the tie. So that's how I know the shirt and the tie is working for me in advance because I have someone that's telling me that a higher up knows me. And I think she said the CEO too, kind of, um, he doesn't know. I've never met the CEO, but he said he, he saw me because of the shirt and the tie. So I'm just letting you guys know the people that go all oh, dressing up in the shirt and the tie doesn't do anything. You're 110% wrong because I've noticed it. And uh, every single job I've ever worked, everyone's been trying to talk me down from dressing in the shirt and the tie, by the way, every single person. And I always go, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm good. Like I told you guys, they have a dress down Friday. On every Friday, you're supposed to dress down casually. I say screw that, and I come in the shirt and the tie every Friday. When everyone's, when everyone's supposed to dress down, I dress up. Why? Because when everyone's going to say, oh, it's a Friday, I'm going to slack, and I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to do less than what I need. I'm going to go above and beyond, and I'm going to do the shirt and the tie, and then I'll really stand out because everyone's going to dress down. See, that's the mindset you want to get on. You want to get on. I'm here to work. So this is what I was having a conversation with Fabrizio, I think, where I said, if you're going to work, work is going to take up 85% of your time. See, the difference between me and the rest of the world, well, I don't want to say the rest of the world because it's not just me that's thinking this way, all right? There's a lot of people, but it's there. It's the 10% and the 1% that's thinking this because most people are going to go, I'm not, you know, I don't want to work. I'm going to do half-ass work. I'm going to half-ass dress. I'm going to half-ass this. And if you're going to work and everyone's going to work 85% of the time that you're alive, unless you can break the nine to five, everyone's going to be working 85% of their time is going to work for someone, maybe yourself for someone. But if you're going to work 85% of your time, why not put in 110% effort at that job? And that's what I never understood with people is people are, oh, it's almost Friday. Like they do, they do that everywhere you go. Oh, it's almost Friday. Like, we'll have the weekends off, 
And what they don't realize what they're doing is they're dwindling the self-esteem because they're trying to, they're going to half-ass now because it's almost Friday. Um, I don't go into the mindset of that. I go in and I'm like, all right, if I'm going to be working an eight-hour shift, if I'm going to be working Monday through Friday from 9.30 to 6.30 p.m., I'm going to go hard every single second and every single minute of the day. Why? Because people are going to shut down halfway through or midway through. They're probably going to shut down. Or even the first hour they get there, they might not even go hard. So I'm going to go hard when everyone's slowing down. I might, you know, I might not be the best looking there. I might not have the, I might not be the smartest person there, but I can outwork every motherfucker that's there. All right. Now, excuse me for the, for the MF word, but, uh, you gotta, sometimes you gotta, you gotta spit it for people to, to hear it. All right. Cause you'll be like, oh man, you just said, you just said, uh, that the MF word. <laughs> so that's the whole reason I did that. Just so you could open up your ears and, and hear what I'm trying to tell you here. Cause I'm telling you, most people are going to overlook the dressing up part and they're going to be like, I don't need to do that to be successful. And, um, the reason I also do it is for self-esteem for myself. Cause if I'm looking better than everybody else there, then I'm going to have the self motivation for myself and that self drive in myself. Cause I'm going to feel good to push through the pain. Because let me tell you guys something. It's been one hell of a month at this company. Like, it, like even still, I'm still struggling, but I'm still pushing. I'm still going. And um, I'll eventually get it. All right? The more you push, the more you do, eventually uh, I'll get it. So um, the, the whole point is the reason why I'm telling you guys to, to dress up and, and to do things is, um, what's up? Uh, the whole reason I'm telling you guys to do to do things is because if you can outwork most people, you can definitely overcome anything. And you know that's that's been my my whole mindset going into this company. I've I've done some trainings with them um, every single time. Here's another thing I'll let you guys know that I, that I'm gonna outdo everyone that's at that's at my uh, at least in my cubicle area is they have a town hall meeting, and I think they do this every year. It's what it sounds like. They have a town hall meeting, and she the my manager asked every single person in my section do you want to go to town you want to go to the town hall meeting and guess what everyone said no i don't want to do that so they're not going to go right she asked me i said hell yes sign me up for that i'm definitely going to go now why would i want to go to a town hall meeting the reason i want to go to the town hall meeting is because i want to network and meet the people within the company okay so, and I want to be on the same page as the higher ups at that company because I haven't been with that company too long. I don't know the direction they're trying to take this company. And if I can start getting on the same page as the CEOs and the, the higher ups that own this company, and I can get on the same page and show them that I'm on the same page, we're on the same team, and I'm going to help you get to that goal and help you, I'm going to, I'm going to look way better than the rest of the people working there, Right. Because I'm going to be on the same page and everyone's not. And everyone's not going to be working on the same pace that I'm going to be at for that person. All right? And there's also a quote, by the way, where if you, can, if you can help other people achieve their goals and dreams and not just go after your own, you'll be the wealthiest and most known person in the world because people will recognize that because most people don't do that. Most people can't be non-selfish and start putting putting their desires as someone else's goals and dreams when they're working for a company. And that's why a lot of these people don't do well within the company is they're thinking about how can I benefit myself through the company rather than how can I make a difference to help the company, right? And I'm not saying don't be a little bit selfish and be like, all right, how can I use some of the benefits? How can I, because if you're working hard, man, take, you know, take advantage of the benefits and take advantage of the pay and all that stuff. But understand that if you're not working for that person and you're not helping that owner of that company, like I told you guys before, this, this, is a comp this is a massive corporation I'm working for, over 700 plus employees. I gotta stand out somehow. How do I do that? First, the first rule is to dress successfully. Outdress everyone. The second rule is to outwork everyone, all right? If I outwork everyone, I'll get noticed eventually. Show up on time is another big one, all right? My attendance so far has been um, 100, 100, 100. I get there early. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. <clears throat> I had to clear my throat. But I get there early every single day, all right? I make sure I clock in early, 
And I make sure that when I do a break or I go to lunch, I'm back within two minutes to spare to give me time to press that button on the phone. Now, why am I doing that? Because I want 100% across the board. And most of these people are going to, they're going to try to shortcut it. And some of these people are going to be like, I don't care about the 100. If I get 98 or 97, I'm okay. So what's that going to, what's that going to do for me? It's going to boost me up because I'm going to get the 100 every single time. And they're going to see that. They're going to see, oh, um, Sam got 98 for the whole entire week. Oh, wait, Tyler Dunn, Tyler Dunn's been getting 100% to 101% almost every single month. And Sam has only done it maybe one week out of the four months, all right? So that's what I'm trying to go for. I'm trying to outwork everyone. I'm dressing successfully over everyone. And I'm trying to figure out what the company wants. Why? Because if I can help them achieve what they want, I will get promoted and I will get noticed and they will bring me through the ranks faster than most people. Now, like I said, it's not, it's not set in stone. You don't expect anything. You work hard. And hopefully you get recognized. But um, the other thing to keep in mind too is that you know it. There's no there's no guarantee. Like it's not it's not guaranteed in three weeks I'm gonna get promoted. It's not guaranteed in like a year I'm gonna get promoted. But the point of the matter is if you're gonna work there, you might as well put in the full amount of work as possible and stand out over everyone else. That's how I look at it, and that's the mindset that you should have. Um. Let me see if I can update you guys on anything else. I think that's really the only update uh, was the town hall thing. But yeah, I'm telling you, everyone's not doing that. Everyone, she asked almost every single person in my row and they're all like, no, I don't want to do that. I went last year. Screw that. All right. I'm the only one that was like, yeah, I'll go and do it. I think the other person was uh, this guy, Chris. And I think the reason he's going is just because no one else is going. So he kind of, I, I think someone has to go. So I, I told her 110% I'm going, sign me up. I'm there. Let me know. All right. The other thing too is they're not going to do the events. I'm going to try to do this corporate run. So I got to figure that thing out and whatever other opportunities I can do to help volunteer in this company, I'm going to do to out outweigh the other people in the competition within the company. All right. Like I said, 700 people, man. It's a lot, a lot of people to stand up over seven, over 700 people and growing. They're hiring people. I think like every single day. So I got to, I got to be on my game now real quick. We're going to go into these two topics. So the first one is age is just a number. Now, the reason I came up with this one is because a lot of people complain they're either too young, too old, or somewhere in between. All right. And it, all it is, is an excuse. Doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter how young you are. Doesn't matter where you are in the middle of your age. You know, you can do anything like it's capable to do anything there. Like now we're coming up right now. I'm going to give you some examples real quick. We, I think right now we're in the year where there's the most uh, millionaires that are below like 23. Like I met, I went to one of these, um, one of these events one time and I met a 18, I think he's 18 or 19 year old millionaire. All right. So that's telling you something. And the reason with that is because the technology that's coming out every single day is constantly giving the upper hand to the consumer. All right. There's. There's plenty of ways why age isn't really being affected anymore. Like you don't have to work for a company for 15 to 20 years to get ahead in life anymore. Like now you can easily start your own company and work hard and get, get ahead. Uh, especially with the technology that's out there nowadays. So we're in one of those generations where I think, um, I think the millennial generation is one of the, the very few generations that has the most like young millionaires in it. All right. And you can go look that up. I think I did an episode a long, long, long time ago and I had like a statistic from somewhere. I don't remember the, you know, I don't remember it off the top of my head. It was a long, long time ago. Like I think it was like five or six months ago, but, um, we're in the generation of the youngest millionaires being produced like almost every single day. All right. Now, the other reason I do the age thing is because I've talked to people at parties um, not like, you know, like a high school party or anything like a regular, like birthday party, let's say. And, um, I was talking to this one guy who I think was in his late fifties, 56. And he was like, yeah, I want to go do this one thing. What's up? Uh, what's up, Jimmy. And, um, so he was like, I want to go do this one thing. And he's like, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to go do it. And it wasn't even like a complex thing. I think he wanted to start his own business. Right. And he's 56. And I was like, dude, I was like, you can't put limitations on yourself, man. That's self-imposed. 
Like, you can go do it, man. You're only 56. 56 is young. I'm not, and as soon as I said that, a lot, I know a lot of people are going to fight me back on that and be like, 56 is not young, it's old. Dude, people are living until they're hundreds, all right? That guy has a lot of life left in him. That guy has a lot of legwork ahead of him. And, you know, my mom does this a lot. I hear this a lot with the generation that's trying to retire. And um, the, the problem that you're having is you're putting self-limitations on yourself. That's, that's really what you're doing because when you're, when you're like, oh, I'm too old and you're only halfway through your life. You're in your 50s, all right? You're halfway through the lifespan, man. You still have another 50-plus years. And who knows, by the time you even get to the 90s, our technology might even be more improved, and we might even be going into the 110, 120, all right? So, and you can't, you, you never put a limit on yourself. It's all self-imposed. And I told that guy straight up, I was like, look, man, like, you're not too young to go do whatever the hell you want to go do. Uh, you know, you got to start though, but it's, it starts with you believing in yourself to go and do that. So you gotta, you gotta work on believing in yourself enough to go and do it. And I was like, never put limitations on yourself. And the guy looked at me and he smiled and he was like, yeah, he's like, you know what, man, you're right. And that's what we need more in this world. We don't need the people that are going to say that you suck. You can't do it. You can't make it. We need more people like that, where they're going to inspire more people. They're going to tell people to go and pursue the dreams and their goals and have them go out there and, uh, and, and, you know, motivate these people. And we don't have a lot of those people. Like we have influencers, but we don't have, we don't have a lot of them. All right. We don't, we really don't. And so, um, that was one case. The other reason I know age is just number. I have two more for you. And these are pretty good ones. I, I did a catering event a long time ago. It was one of, it was like the third job I ever did with one of my friends, Eric. And the one guy we worked with was about 65 years old. All right. This guy has won like, like massively amount or massive amounts of, um, bodybuilding competitions. All right. 65 years old, right? 65 years old. And he's winning a lot of, uh, bodybuilding contests. So, and he said, he's like, you know, I hate when people put a limitation on themselves because I'm 65 and I can go out there and I'm in better shape than most of these 20 and 18 year olds. And he's 65. Okay. So that just goes to prove to you that age is just a number. You know, it's just a number that you calculate every single year that you put on yourself. And um, the other one I can give you is uh, my grandparents. Now, my grandparents are about in their 80s. Um, I th I'm pretty sure, I think my, I want to say my grandma is older. I'm going to say 85. Now, if, if it's not 85, I'm probably dead. But, but, the, but the point of the matter is they're in their 80s, all right? Midway 80s, you know, getting to like their late 80s. And they're in better shape than most 80-year-olds. Now, knock, you know, knock on wood. But the reason they're in such good shape is because they don't do what the average old person does. What does the average old person do? They normally, you know, they don't take care of their health. They don't go to the doctor as often. They probably don't really eat well because they're like, all right, I'm, I'm getting older. It doesn't really matter if I, you know, gain a lot of weight. If, um, you know, if I can, I can eat those, uh, those pizzas and I, you know, I can eat whatever I want because I'm old or older. I don't like the word old, but older and I'm getting up there, right? So they just eat whatever they want. My grandparents don't do that. My grandma cooks all the meals for my grandfather. They eat probably cleaner than any human being that I know, Okay. And they go to the gym, I think, three times a week, maybe more, all right? So they're doing, and that's another thing. A lot of older people don't go to the gyms because they're like, I don't need to work out. So what happens? They're eating really bad. Their diet turns to crap. They eat really bad, and then they're not working out, so they're gaining all this weight. Um, you know, their bodies is, you know, their body's eventually depreciating because they're not putting good things into their body and they're not working out. And what I mean by working out is, you don't like they're obviously older. You don't have to go and push yourself to the limits like a younger person. Just you know, go on the treadmill for a little bit. Even if you're walking, you're doing something. You know, that's that's the trick. You got to at least do something. And a lot of these people are retired. So what are they doing? They're sitting. You know, they're sitting on their butts watching TV all day. They're not really active. Like they're staying home. Um, I can give you another example of uh, someone that didn't take care of themselves was my um, my dad's mom or my my other grandma, and. Um, she, um, I believe she was, I think 81 or 82 when she passed. All right. And you know, for the last, but when she, before she died for the last, 
nine, maybe 10 years was in a hospital bed and didn't move. Okay. And got Alzheimer's and got all this stuff because she was basically stuck in a hospital bed. Um, and that's, you know, and sadly that's what happens to a lot of like our grandparents and, and, and our elders is they end up, they, they end up eating, you know, they don't take care of themselves because they get to an age where they're like, screw it. Like, you know, I, and how long can I make it till? Um, so that's that. But I'm trying to think if I can give you guys another one. But um, but I'm a big believer in that. By the way, the the whole age is just a number. Um, and and that's really just like a that's society's issue. That's that's more of like you know you hear that a lot with people. I, I heard that all the time. Um, oh man, like I'm I'm turning sixty or whatever, and like oh man, I'm getting old, and like. I understand too. It's all a mental game. Like I'm not telling you guys like when I get to 60 or I get to 70 or 80, it's going to be an easy breezy path. I know it's going to be the same issue for myself where it's going to be a mental issue where it's like, damn man, I'm getting, I'm getting old. Um, like right now I'm only 23 about to turn, you know, in the next like seven months, 24. So I still have, you know, I still have a, a long time. It's, I don't really consider that a long time by the way either. Cause I feel like, you know, every single day, uh, you're, you're, you're depreciating, but you know, in the same sense, I understand like I'm not at that age because it's a big difference when you're, when you're at your forties, fifties, sixties, when you start hitting those numbers, you, you start, you know, start thinking to yourself, damn, man, I'm getting old. I know that for a fact because everyone, you know, that's what I've seen everyone do. So, um, so, you know, just, just remember that it's all, it all comes down to mental capacity. If you can somehow program your mind and you hit that point to go, damn, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting older and flip this script and be like, damn, I only have like 30 to 40 more years and hustle your ass off. That's what, that's what they don't do. They dwell on the age and they don't go, oh shit. I only have about, um, you know, like a thousand more Sundays left to live or they don't put the urgency on time. So then they, what they do is they just dwell on the age and then they let time bypass them and then they waste 20 to 30 years rather than going, oh man, you know, I still have so much life to, to live even though the time's shrinking and I should put some urgency on it. They don't do that. And, that, and that's something that I would encourage uh, anyone that's coming on here and is, you know, you're getting to that, that middle age of like 50 or maybe even 40 and above and you're like, damn, man, I'm running out of time. Or like, damn, man, I'm getting old and I can't do this. Now, you know, don't say it just because you're at a certain age, you can't do it. Because that's another thing Fabrizio brought up in one of the, in the episode 62 was you basically become what you are. So if you say you can't do it, you're right. If you say you can do it, you're right. And the reason behind that is it's all mind power. If I keep telling myself I can't do something, I'm just not going to do it. Because I, you know, I'm telling myself I can't do it and I'm putting a limitation and I'm like, I already believe I can't do it. So I'm not even going to try. But if I go, damn, maybe I can do it and I know I can do it, I'll push myself to the limit and test myself and it'll get to a point where um, you never know, you might make it. Um, I, you know, I, don't have the, I don't have that mindset of, uh, you, know, you never know, I might make it. I have the mindset of, I'm going to make it. And that's the big difference between um, the two is, you know, I have the, the capacity to basically be like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it and I'm going to do whatever it takes and I'm going to go do it. Now, um, so that one is age is just a number. Now, if you, if you want more on that, you can, you can hit me up and we can talk about it. <clears throat> There's really no other definition besides age is just a number. There's, there really is no, you know, nothing else. But the next topic we're going to talk about is stop trying to fit in. Now, this, this one was a big one for me because I, um, I tried to fit in a lot in middle school. High school, I just didn't give a crap. But middle school and below, I did try to fit in and I did stupid stuff trying to fit in with other people that I probably shouldn't have even given time to. Um, we all fall into this category. No one, is, no one is bypassing this category. Everyone's hit this point where you tried to do something that maybe you shouldn't have done and you know was wrong to fit in with certain people that you were with, that you thought were your friends. All right. And um, the reason I picked this one was because I see this all the time. And it doesn't matter your age. I've seen this with 50-year-olds. I've seen this with 70-year-olds. I've seen this with 20-year-olds. I've seen this with 10-year-olds. All right, it doesn't matter your age. If you don't pick up on the signs and you don't pick up on what you're doing, trying to please other people, and most of the time people actually know they're just doing it to fit in, but they do it anyways, and that's, that's the problem, all right, because you're not, you're not pushing back against it. You're just letting it happen. Um, 
but you got to you got to really try to figure out who you are and that's that's the hardest part about this whole thing is you got to figure out who you are cuz you're going to be different than me you're going to be different than your parents you're going to be different than your friends and that's what it comes down to there's no perfect answer for me to be like all right you got to be like this there there's guidelines that you should be following like the successful people in the world but in the end, every person's different in how they handle it, how they adapt it into their own life. So you have to understand who you are. And that takes a lot of soul searching. It takes a lot of um, investigating on yourself, what you like and what you don't like, who you like and who you don't like. Um, and I can't, I can't physically tell you, I can't physically tell you um, who you are. That's something you'd have to figure out on your own. But um, once you figure it out, you got to take action on it and be like, all right, because um, there's people every single day that I, I work with or I've seen a couple times and I'm like, all right, um, I, I probably would never be friends with these people just because it, it would affect my life dramatically. And I understand that it's, it's, not, it's not someone that I want to surround myself 24-7. Unfortunately, when you're working with certain people, though, um, you're stuck, you know, you're kind of stuck in that position where you gotta, you gotta, it's kind of what your teachers kind of taught you, like, or at least my teachers taught me where it was, um, they'd put you in a, pro a project with someone that you didn't really like, and they knew you didn't like each other, but they put you in the project together anyways, and they would say, because, you know, people would be like, well, I don't really like this person, I don't have to be with them, and then your teacher would say, um, you gotta, you gotta get used to working with people that you don't really like, and they were, they were referring to work, like when you're actually in a corporate office, or, you're at a you're at some type of job where you have to work together, but maybe you don't like each other, and you know that's fine. But you have to be able to suck it up, work with those persons from the time, and then um, and then go your separate ways after work, right? So same thing with school because you're kind of stuck in a classroom with people. So it, it was kind of one of those things where that's why they they told you that because you're kind of stuck for an hour and a half, an hour with with these people that maybe you didn't like or a certain person, and so they force you to work with that person on the project. Now. Um, but honestly, now with all these trends that are going on, what's up, Sean, um, with all these trends going on and stuff, uh, people are constantly trying to fit in with each other. And, and that's, and that's, I, I really think that's the biggest problem that I've seen. And like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't matter your age. This happens with everyone. It happens with 50, 60, uh, 70, 20, 10 year olds. Um, everyone's trying to fit in with a certain niche. So they kind of like fake it till they make it. And, um, and so my, my point to the matter is you got to try to, like I said, figure out who you are, put your, put yourself in, in uncomfortable positions and try not to just care what other people think. Cause that's, that's what it comes down to. A lot of people care too much what they think. And I can give you examples of this in my own life and people around me that actually like, they try to force me to do something that I don't want to do just because it'll make them look better. Um, I've had this, uh, I've had this happen before with my mom where, um, May, like maybe I wanted to do something and she was like, no, you're going to do this. And I was like, no, I don't believe in that. I'm not going to do that. And, um, let me give you, I'm going to try to think real quick on like a, a specific, I'm going to try to narrow it down for you. Um, we we're playing. All right, let's do this. So I was playing golf one time and we play with the same people almost every single Sunday. And I ended up getting the job. She was trying to help uh, the one person we were playing golf with. She was trying to help the person, son, get the job that I was going for. He didn't end up getting it because his resume and cover letter wasn't that good. So the person denied him and they, they, didn't, they didn't give him the job. And so when we went back to go play golf with the same person and I got the job, she was like, just don't mention the job because if you mention the job, it's going to look bad on me because it's going to look like I, I didn't give, get his son the job. And I got you the job. So I told her, you know, and I'm not going to just bring it up to him. But if he talks about it, I'm not going to lie to him. Like, I'm not a liar. I'm going to talk to him about it. And, you know, he could take it how he takes it. But, you know, I was trying to tell her, like, it shouldn't matter what his opinion is on the situation because you tried to help him out the best you could. And, you know, I think a lot of parents do that, too. I think a lot of parents, they want to please their friends. So they start talking about their... um their kids to like their friends and they start maybe like, you know, kind of bluffing on certain things or they're like, Oh yeah, this person. And they start shoving things in their face. And the reason I know that too, is because my, um, my mom, my mom kind of did the same thing with, uh, um, 
my mom kind of did the same thing in the sense of, oh, this person's bragging about this person and on Facebook. And I'm like, but why do you care that there's their uh, their kids doing that on Facebook? And that's you know that's a big thing too is the Facebook thing. But like, why do you care what this person's doing? Like, focus on yourself. You know, focus on yourself. Get yourself together. Don't worry about what this person's doing on Facebook, and don't worry about uh, X, Y, and Z. What's going on with those people? Focus on what's going on with yourself. So um, that's that's kind of, and, and it's not easy. Like I did it for a long time in middle school and in high school. And what I was doing really was I, um, I would kind of just, you know, I, I was really into video games in middle school. So what I tried to do is I start talking about video games. And if someone was talking about video games, I'd be, you know, I'd be into it. But if someone, if someone was talking about something else, I tried to be like, oh yeah, I know what that is. And I probably didn't know what that was. And the reason I did that was because if they thought I knew what they were talk- talking about, they would probably start talking to me more, right? Um, and that's kind of what would happen. But then eventually I'd be like, oh shit, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't really know what he's talking about. So you couldn't really keep up with it. So, you know, most of the time you can tell when someone's bullshitting or when someone's not, but you know, that was back when I was like 12 or 14. So they probably really didn't pick up on it too much of like now, you know, now you're older, you're in your twenties and people really can pick up if you're lying to them or not. Cause you know, it was, we all have so much information at the, the, our fingertips basically. So if you're bullshitting them, they can easily just look it up and be like, oh, you're wrong. And then you have to try to lie your way out of it again. But um, the point of the matter is you, you want to, I'm going to try to give you another example too, by the way, because I don't, I don't feel like those are, those are worthy of uh, getting away. But, um, but what you really want to try to do is find yourself and then put yourself, put yourself in a niche and just be like, all right, like this is what I want in my life and this is what I don't want in my life. And once you do that, you'll easily be able to see like, all right, like I don't, I don't really want this part of my life and, and you'll, you'll start becoming happier. But, um, I can give you another example right now. So I bought this shirt or I bought this shirt or whatever, and it has fortune cookies on it. All right. So if my mom's listening to this, my mom's, my mom will actually probably start laughing, but, um, and my sister will probably hate it, but I, um, I bought this fortune cookie shirt. So I've been getting some casual, um, shirts that are just casual button up shirts just for like casual moments when I go to like church or I go to a party or something, you know, I don't want to look casual. I want to be like all dressed up like I am now. Um, I have this one that is like, it's like Brown and it has like these fortune cookies on them. And I just thought it was a cool looking shirt. I was like, Oh, it'd be kind of funny to wear. And then, um, I have people that call me the philosopher, like Tyler, the philosopher, which is Jimmy that I think Jimmy left on the Instagram, but he was on here earlier. He would have got a kick out of this, but, um, so um, I wear the fortune cookie shirt and I end up taking a picture and my mom sends it to my sister. Well, my sister goes on, on FaceTime or whatever after I was talking to her. She goes, I don't know why you got that shirt. It's the ugliest shirt I've ever seen. I don't know why you're wearing it. And I go, well, I don't, I don't really care what you think. You know, it's, it's I like the shirt and I don't really care what other people think. Um, you know, the shirt to me, I think is funny. I, I like this shirt. I, I like the colors of it. I don't, I don't really care what you think. And she was pissed, right? But that's what's going to happen too is what you're going to realize is once you start going against certain people and you go, well, you know, I don't really care what you think. Um, it's kind of, you know, like I like it. Uh, people either do one of two things. Either the first one, they're going to get pissed because they're going to be like, oh, he's going against me. Or two, they're just going to accept it and, and leave you alone. Most of the time they'll accept it and leave it alone because they'll be like, oh, there's, like, this kid, there's nothing I can do to this person where it's going to, it's going to, you know, piss him off or get him to do the opposite of what I want him to do. Or yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to think on that, but there's a way I worded the, the last part, but you, you have to understand that like certain people have their taste, right? So it's like a comedian or you could, you could take this with anything. It's all coming together now. So I'm going to give you some good ideas, it, but you could take this with anything. You take this as a comedian. Maybe I like Kevin Hart and uh, the person one of my friends goes, you know, I really hate Kevin Hart after all this stuff that happened with the, the LGBT community or whatever. Um, yeah, I didn't want to go political, but we were talking about Kevin Hart, so it, it got political. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't really like him because of that fact, or maybe, I, maybe they just don't think he's very, very funny, and I do, okay? We're going to probably have an awkward conversation going back and forth of how I think he's funny and how that person thinks, like, he's not funny and he's not worth their time. And... Um, you know, depending on the person, they're going to get pissed or they're just going to be like, okay, like it's whatever. But 
you're going to have a lot of disagreements and most people are just going to say they like that person just because it's a famous person or because most of the people in the room like that person. They're not going to go against the audience. Same thing with um, politics. Now, politics actually is a really good one for this one. And um, I'm not going to go into like cases, but um, I'll tell you that I'm normally the person that is on the opposite side of the room on politics. Like I'd probably say maybe 80 to 75% of the time I'm on the opposite side of like most of the people's thoughts on politics in the room. Okay. And that's really hard. And if you've never been on the opposite side of politics, um, I don't know what you're doing. Cause you're obviously just talking to this, either the same people over and over, or you're not experiencing enough different opinions on things. But, uh, but I'm telling you, it's rough when you're on the other side of politics, cause then you'll have three Sometimes I've had seven or eight people go against me at the same time as I'm trying to discuss my political viewpoint on it. And seven or eight other people are coming at me with the same viewpoint as the person next to them. So, you know, and it gets, it gets a little bit intimidating. Um, but that's like anything like you, maybe you think something's right and everyone else agrees on the same thing. It doesn't have to be political, but, um, that's when it starts getting hard. And if you don't know who you are, those people will completely throw you for a loop, completely throw you for a loop. Because when I first started, when I first started about, I want to say maybe like eight, uh, well, I could vote at 18. So I'm going to say maybe like 17. It could, it could have been at 18. It's probably most likely at 17. Cause I remember having these political debates in high school when I couldn't vote and it was Obama's term and everyone, you know, the one thing that kind of drove me crazy, we're going to, we're going to talk a little politics right now, but um, the one thing that drove me crazy was everyone that was there wanted Obama to win because, and this is high school. So these are young kids that don't know anything about politics or policies or anything. All right. And they would all be like, well, we want the first black president of the United States of America. So, you know, a lot of them voted, they wanted to vote if they could, and they were for Barack Obama. And, you know, i just looked at people and I said, you know, I can understand that you really want a, you know, like it would, it would be awesome and it would be good to have a historical point in, in American history to have the first black president, but that shouldn't be a voting. Uh, it shouldn't be that that is the only reason you're voting for that person or like you shouldn't just be voting just to put a black person in office to be the first black president. You should be voting on the policies that are going to help you as an individual or is going to help the majority of the people not just because of the skin color. And see, the funny thing is what I thought about, which I didn't think about back then, was it, it literally is reverse racism. And, and what I mean by that is they're going to vote for him because he's black. Okay? What has everyone on a Democratic standpoint ever said? Oh, that guy wins because he's white. And we're, that's the only reason why people vote for these people is because they're white. Okay, so that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like if you're, if you change your perspective on how you think in a positive mindset, you see through the bullshit. Cause that's literally what it was. All right. And I'm going to be bluntly honest with you and you can disagree with me or whatever. The reason Obama won the first, the first term and it's even debatable for the second term was because he was black. Okay. And most people come back at me and go, well, He's the first black president of the United States of America, so you can't say that. And, and, I, and I honestly, I call bullshit on that um, because almost every single kid that I ever talked to that was, uh, didn't know anything about politics or policies or anything always said, well, we want the first black president of the United States of America, and that's why we're going to vote for Barack Obama. Um, you know, was his policies good? I really don't believe so. It doesn't matter. It's over and done with. Uh, he's not in office anymore. I, I really didn't, I didn't, I actually, to be a hundred percent honest with you, I really thought Barack Obama was the worst president of the United States. Um, why? Cause I don't believe his policies even helped the black community or anyone else. And, uh, I'm sure I'll get a lot of shit for that, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of used to that train. So, <clears throat> so the, the, the point of the matter is, um, the other thing too, is like, um, pro-life and pro-choice, which was a big one back in, in high school. Um, and that was a topic where I, I, you know, back in high school when I was trying to defend, um, pro-life and stuff, 
Um, and I wasn't even really too sure to be a hundred percent honest with you guys. Like if I was pro pro life or pro choice or, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really know a hundred percent in high school where I was, um, politically on that standpoint as I was too young. I didn't, I didn't have enough information on the topic. I didn't do a lot of research. Um, so most of the time when I said, well, you know, there, there's options. And the reason I'm telling you guys, this is to show you that, uh, real quick. Um, cause I'm only going to probably do this for another 10 minutes. I'm a pitch or another like two minutes on this and then pitch. But, um, but, the, but the point that I'm trying to tell you is that even in high school, I tried to go against the, the masses and the reason why I was doing, and I think it was just natural for me to go against the masses. Cause I always had a different viewpoint than most people, but I always got a lot of criticism. I got a lot of criticism from it because mo- you know, obviously most people didn't agree with what I was saying. So there was one time, um, this is before I was dating, uh, my ex. All right. We had this conversation about, and we're in high school, keep in mind about, I think it was like 12th grade or 11th grade. So I didn't, like I said, I didn't know politically where I stood with like pro-life or, um, pro-choice. And, but I just knew that, you know, you know, I, I knew the term abortion was aborting, it was killing whatever. Right. So I, I, I played cause most of the people there were, um, were for pro-choice. And so I would tell them like, you know, I, I don't really agree with it. And I would try to explain, you know, there's other ways of, um, you know, you could give the baby up for adoption. You could, um, you could, you could have, you know, protection before having sex. Uh, you could just have the baby, you know, if, if you wanted to, you know, actually become a parent, like there's different ways, right? And that's all, that's all I really knew at that point. I didn't know about all the statistics. I didn't know anything. And they would always come back and they'd be, well, what about rape? What about women that get raped? And I used to be stunned because I used to be like, I, 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 you know, I can't, I don't, you know, they would play that card where it's like, uh, you know, what about like, like rape or rape victims? I don't know. I couldn't say it rape victims. And I'd be like, damn, like, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't really have a, uh, I don't really have a a statistic. I don't have a fact on that one. Like, you know, I kind of agree with you on the sense that, um, you know, rape is bad and immoral. And you know, I I can't really defend that point until I got older and I started, you know, doing more research on like pro-life and, and, uh, pro-choice and stuff like that. And the standpoints that were being argued and what was going on, but I could defend that. But the the point of the matter that I'm trying to tell you is even back then when I wasn't, I wasn't too sure about certain things. I always went against the odds. I put myself in that uncomfortable position where um, I tried to go against the odds or against the masses. So my, my point to you is try not to just do things to fit in, do things because you truly believe in them and that you're trying to, what's up, Eric. What's up, man. Uh, try to just do things that you a hundred percent believe in. And if you're true to yourself, other things will come together. Cause if you're trying to do things to fit in, you're going to lose yourself in a lot of bullshit, a lot of, and you're going to have a lot of pain in your life because you're going to be doing what everyone else wants you to do. And eventually you're going to come to a point in your life where you're like, damn, you know, I should have played it more risky. Uh, me and uh, Fabrizio had this conversation on the last episode of 62 and uh, like me and him totally agree. We should have played it way more riskier in high school. Like I should have I should have definitely done a lot more shit in high school than I did. Right? I played it way, way, way too safe. Um, and mo- like he said, most people won't tell you that. Most people would have said I have to do better. I should have done more um, with grades. You know, boosted my GPA or whatever. Which, by the way, was the best blessing in the world for me was to have barely a 2.0 to be able to just go to BC. Right? Broward College Community, or it's not community. Broward College, it's called now, but. Back then it was Broward College or Broward Community College. So everyone looked down on it. But the point is like it was a blessing in disguise because it shaped my whole entire life, shaped my viewpoints. It uh, it made me believe in things that most people wouldn't even dream to believe in because I had to go through hell to get to where I, you know, where I am today. All right. So I, you know, I took the I took the hard route and everyone else tried to take the easy route and it blew back in a lot of people's faces. So you know, that's what I'm trying to get at. But remember. Stop trying to fit in, figure out who you are. And once you figure out who you are, man, it, it's, it's up, you know, there's nothing but up. There's, you know, you can't, you can't go down once you figure out who you are. You can only go up because you'll start doing things that'll please yourself. You'll start figuring out how you can help other people. Cause once you can start helping yourself, you can start helping other people. So I, you know, figure out who you are, stop trying to fit in.
Now, real quick, I'm going to go in and uh, we're going to do done deal investments real quick because uh, we're at the end of this. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name's Tyler Dunn. I own a company, Done Deal Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, what this company is designed to do is to help a distressed seller. So this could be anyone in any financial situation where you know either they're going into pre-foreclosure where the bank's about to seize the house and they're about to lose everything. This could be um, a bank just trying to get rid of a house for a foreclosure. This could be um, you have liens on the property. You got a job transfer. You got to leave immediately. Inherited a house. Uh, any any situation where you have to sell the house extremely fast, um, and you have to basically do something, or else you're going to basically lose the house. It doesn't have to just be losing the house. Maybe you just have. To, maybe you don't want to go through a realtor either. So, how this works is a three step process that I call the three steps to financial freedom. Now, the first step is you have to contact me. I obviously can't help you or help the person that's struggling if I don't know um, you know, what's going on and that you're in a financial situation that you need help with. So the best way to do that, I would say, is phone, uh, just because it's easier. I just got to ask you a couple quick questions. You know, it's going to just give me a rough estimate on what financial situation we have to help you with and what uh, condition your house is in before we, we move on with anything. And then from there... Oh, by the way, before we move on, but so phones recommended highly. That's, that's what I would recommend. You can text me, you can email me, you can go on any of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and direct message me. You can go on www.dundealinvestment.com. And that will give you a, um, the first thing that's on there is like a, uh, it's like a form that you fill out and I'll contact you from the form. Um, the email too is uh, ww or it's not w it's uh, done deal investments at outlook.com and then I'm trying to think what else my phone number is 954-857-6450. Um I'm trying I think that's basically everything. You go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I'm I'm all on those platforms and then just direct message me, I'll even get on with that. But uh, real quick. So then, then we're on to step two once I have that. So step two would then be, I have to somehow come to your property and look at the property. So we'd have to set up an appointment. I come and I, I'll bring an estimate sheet with me and I'm going to take five pictures inside and five pictures outside. Now, the reason I bring in this sheet is just to go over if you have like, you know, you got to fix your roof. We got broken windows. We have mold in the house. Anything where it's going to be an expense to the investor to invest into the property, I have to write down to give me an estimate. Now, the pictures are just so when I go and find you, the investor, it doesn't, um, you don't have like hundreds or 50 people coming to your property to look at the property or your house. Um, I could just send them the pictures and be like, all right, this is what the property looks like. And here's the estimate of what it's going to cost to put it into mint condition. So, um, so that one's that. And then from there, I'm just going to run comps. We're going to do, uh, they call it running comps. Cause what we're going to do is we're going to get the average price of your house. And how we do that is we take the three closest houses that have sold recently in your neighborhood and we try to match it the best we possibly can. And we get a average price of what the market would buy your house for. From there, all we do is just deduct the cost of repairs and that's what we're going to negotiate on is that price at the end of um, the cost repairs. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll agree on the terms and the policies. And then from there, we'll sign a contract with the agreement between me, you, and the investor. And then that's, that's it. So then what happens after that? So that's basically step three is we go and get an investor. We um, negotiate on the terms and, the, and the, um, how much we're going to pay you. And then what happens from there is it is is very easy. We give you the cash, so then you can go and find something else. We go and the investor will take ownership of the property, invest his capital into the property, and then Dundeal Investments will make a commission fee off of the investor. So you're not gonna worry. You don't have to worry about paying us. The investor is gonna pay us, and then um, you're gonna get scot free from the the financial situation, and you're gonna sell a house quick, and you don't have to worry about the commission fee. All right. And um, if you need anyone else, because right now all I can do is get you to, all I can do right now is get you out of the financial situation. Um, right after, you know, I only have like about a month and a half and then I'm done with this course. And then I'm going to start doing home inspections. So once that all gets through, I get licensed, I get, you know, I go through the courses 
I can then start doing that for you too. And I'm sure for like the first couple of, uh, probably the first couple of months, I'm going to start probably start doing free home inspections. So I'll start marketing that once I get all like, you know, I get licensed and I get, you know, the appropriate stuff I need to do for that. And I'll probably start doing some free home inspections for people for a little while, uh, to build some credibility. So, um, so that's done deal investments, LLC. And, um, I, that's basically it. Uh, so this is episode 63 of goals and updates. My name's Tyler Dunn and, uh, thank you for watching and stay tuned. Uh, the other thing too, real quick, uh, cause I ended Instagram, but on Facebook real quick, I'm going to start doing these speeches. So I'm trying to, I just renewed my Adobe license. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> sorry, I was going to sneeze. Um, so I just redid the Adobe license and what I'm going to do is, um, put, I'm trying to think of what the, the word is. I'm going to start putting them on YouTube. So the speeches that I do for Toastmasters and start doing some motivational speaking. Um, and I'll put that up. So I'm working on the first one. Sorry. I'm working on the first one right now and, uh, we'll, we'll see how that one goes, but I'm going to start, I'll update you guys when I add certain things on these, on these, uh, goals and updates and stuff like that towards the beginning of the video. So stay tuned. Peace. Have a good one.